better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This has been a presentation of the Ohio Media School. Jam, man. Work it. Turn the whole thing Northcoastunderground.com, where the underground starts with you. You are about to start listening to the hottest up-and-coming show on All Sports Cleveland on NorthCoastUnderground.com. My name is Tyrell Jackson, and this is Technically It Is Real. I am not afraid to hold back any topic or to hold back my opinion, whether it is right or wrong. I shoot straight from the hip. But what you will get from me is the best, the real, the authentic me. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, because this is Technically It Is Real, and we are live yes we are ladies and gentlemen we are live on beautiful yes we are ladies and gentlemen we are live on beautiful on a beautiful saturday here in valley view ohio i am your host tyrell jackson and you are listening to technically it is real episode eight and i apologize for the three-week hiatus but finally Finally, we are back and we are live. I had to handle a couple of things, but we're here. We're ready to go. And look, it is a beautiful or maybe not so beautiful Saturday. You know, it's raining, it's, it's gloomy, it's cold. That rain hit my shoulder. I was like, oh, man, that's that's a shock. That's a chill right there. But look, all I got to say is, is that we are back and rain and no rain perfect football weather out here today we're back so look i thank you all for being patient for listening for continuing to be the great listeners that each and every single one of you are i appreciate it from the bottom of my heart thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and again thank you for it so we know how we do it here. Let's just jump right into it. Let's go ahead and shoot straight from the hip because we got Jobber of the Week. Now, we all know what Jobber of the Week is. It it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's life, sports, wrestling. It doesn't matter. It's just about how dumb can you be and how do you stand up above the rest. And before we get into the real Jobber of the Week, let's go back and let's nominate a special jobber of the week this week as Urban Meyer. Congratulations, buddy. Urban Meyer is your honorary jobber of the week. And you have to ask, why is Urban Meyer jobber of the week? Well, it's very plain and simple. As the head coach of a football team at that time, which was on a 18 or 19 game losing streak coming off of a performance to where they blew a 14 point comeback uh 14 point lead on primetime tv where the whole nation can see he decides not to fly with the team but to stay back kick back 
relax with his buddies, and grind up on a couple of women. Now, look, that part is, you know, that, that's between him and Mrs. Meyer, you know what I'm saying? But you as a football coach or you as a coach in general need to fly back with your team. Now, what's going on with him and Mrs. Meyer? That, uh, okay, you know, he's just staying back watching the kids, you know, thinking he's going to fly back to Jacksonville. But how can you not? I mean, seriously, how can you not get on a plane, fly back with your team, and then at least fly back up here and give the team a couple of days off? Maybe bring your wife so you can act correctly, but no, you decide to stay back, eat some dinner, get belligerent drunk, get roasty, toasty, oasty, and start flirting with the college women. And, and okay. You do whatever they and they getting that attention, you know, getting that social media stuff going on. But dude, dude, you're you're the head coach of a team that is currently on a 20 game losing streak. And let's hope that he does not stay in London and at least flies back with the team before he gets fired. Because if he does get fired after they lose to Miami, oh well. Because this experiment the urban meyer experiment the urban meyer experience has been horrendous i mean this is like ugh this is horrible i mean just just uh you know can't win a game you got players laughing behind his back you got coaches that don't listen you got players that that just make fun of you non-stop they don't care we got you saying one thing on a press conference about you being desperate for a win while the franchise quarterback is sitting back and saying hey we're not desperate for a win we're not desperate at all it's gonna come together we just got to be patient so it sounds like to me urban meyer's on the hot on the hot seat and i ain't talking about the hot seat that they give out early in the year whatever it may be i'm talking about the scorching hot seat that comes uh right before black monday happens at the end of the season that's how hot that seat is so look urban meyer good job good job on being the coach that you are for being the leader that you are by just abandoning your team after they lose a game like they did against Cincinnati. And look, I don't remember, like I honestly do not remember hearing or in some cases seeing a coach on any level. I'm talking about Pop Warner, eh, maybe Pop Warner, you know, it's a little different. Parents pick up the kids, whatever it may be. But let's just say Pop Warner, AAU basketball, middle school sports, high school sports, college sports, professional sports, where a coach, and I'm not just talking about the head coach, I'm talking about a coach outside of personal or medical reasons, does not travel back with the team. Now, listen to what I said, outside of personal or medical reasons. Because this just happened to Andy Reid a few weeks ago where he couldn't travel back with the team because of medical reasons. That's one thing. But where you sit back and consciously choose, you consciously choose to stay back, have some drinks, have some eats with your friends. Meanwhile, your entire team is flying back to Jacksonville trying to figure out how the hell did they lose a 14-point lead against the Cincinnati Bengals. You're out here having a good time while your assistant coaches have to work to build some confidence back in that team. I 
honestly hope they lose against Miami because this Miami game is their best chance to win. It is their best chance to win, but I, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I have personally not seen any reports about Tua Tonga Valoa coming back or whatever it may be. So this is their best chance to win. And if they lose, which I hope Jacksonville loses, I hope Jacksonville loses, then, you know, I think he, I think he flies back with the team, hopefully consciously one would think he learned from his mistake and get your 10 million dollars and bye-bye bye goodbye see you later we, we don't want you here no more we don't want you paid you your money it is a hot mess in jacksonville hot 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 mess i mean hotter than their weather just hot mess and it's not it is not going to get better as long as Urban Meyer is the guy leading the way. I mean, just, and this is not the only thing he's done. I mean, we, we, we got the the whole, Lord have mercy. This is not the, you know, it's, it's bad. It is bad. But look, like I said, Urban Meyer is just honorary because, you know, I had to talk about it. But the real jobber of the week, Real jobber of the week. None other than John Gruden. None other than the Washington football team. None other than Bruce Allen. None other than Mark Davis. None other than the NFL themselves. I mean, you got, what, five, six people or brands that I sat back and said, we got a first people. And I'm talking about we got more than two jobber of the weeks in one week because it is just that spicy. It's just that what the hell is going on. But look, we're going to talk about it after these commercial breaks. And since I am in a music station, we are also going to talk about it after one music break. I'm going to change things up a little bit. This is technically it is real on All Sports Cleveland. We will be right back after these short messages and also one commercial. All right, we'll be right back. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For, for taking, taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just got invited to the prom. Do you A, meet her date? I need to see your past date report cards, your driver's license, a list of references, and this hair sample. B, help her pick out a dress. <gasps> Don't you just love the long sleeves and turtleneck on this pantsuit? Ugh. C, attend the prom undercover. Mom, what are you doing here? I'm not mom, I'm <clears throat> Calvin, the new kid at school. Or D, capture her big moment. Uh, let's take a photo of you two. I'm in the middle. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. 
For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. that was something better by the black by the dark black eyes um <laughs> I, I i wow that that is crazy i just forgot that fast but that's okay all right so we are back um we are back here on north coast underground on northcoastunderground.com and look we are talking about jobber of the week because jobber of the week it is just plain and simple 
who Jobber of the Week is. Like I said, we, man, Jesus, 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 we are talking about, oh man, this is huge. So this is going to be an extended version of Jobber of the Week. Again, that song was something better by Blue Eyed Soul. I got the artist completely wrong, so I apologize about that. But when you get something wrong, you got to make it right. What the football team is trying to do, basically, but eh, oh lord, let's 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 break it down. So we're gonna break it down, starting with the Washington football team, who does not have a name still, and that's okay. We're gonna break this down because let's start it off. One, we got the DEA busting through the door over there in Virginia because what is going on with their athletic department? We got the DEA now, and we got two athletic equipment managers or or staff members or whatever the heck you strength and conditioning coach whatever we got two of them that stepped down we got two of them that stepped down over there so let's start off with that we bust the dea what the da got to go into the nfl locker room for what the da got to go into an nfl facility for i mean my god come on now come on that is ridiculous but that, that's just that's just a little bit of some sprinkles on top of the crap cake that's been produced over there in years. I mean years. First off, we have the NFL season, 650,000 emails. 650,000 emails. And I, I will go into what I think about that. But we got the football team with multiple allegations of sexual harassment amongst the women in the in the uh organization from the higher ups that include that includes bruce allen and dan snyder we've seen reports over the past year of multiple 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 cheerleaders taking photos unwanted photos excuse me they're not taking photos it is photos being taken of them, unwanted photos, being under underpaid, being overused, unwanted photos, cameras in areas where cameras should not even be near. That is not on the smartphone by them themselves. Countless, 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 countless of unwanted topless photos of forced topless photos of these cheerleaders. This is sickening what is going on in Washington. It is absolutely sickening. But it couldn't fit a better team in a better location because isn't that what Washington is all about in the first place? Just a bunch of scandals of, of whatever the hell is going on over there. We got Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen running a pretty good culture, wasn't he? I mean, this is what he said in a press conference two years ago. How would you describe the culture surrounding this football team. You know, the culture is actually damn good. These people care. We have a very young core of players that we have brought. Let me tell you something, Bruce Allen. The culture is not good. Oh, no, it's far from it. It's horrible. It's crap. You ran that crappy culture for 10 years from becoming general manager to team president. And the fact that you have said some offhanded remarks Oh, we know you said some offhanded remarks. We know what type of culture you ran there. And we know the mess that Ron Rivera has to clean up that crap over there in Washington, D.C. We know. We know. Because while they're not releasing everything that you said there, Mr. Bruce Allen, 
For John Gruden to have that much comfortability to send you that stuff. For John Gruden to have been able to type that, to review it, to look at it, to check the grammars, to see if it's okay, and to send it over to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we know you done said some off-handed stuff. We know. But the fact that Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team, the owner of the Washington football team who has been the owner since, what, 1998, 1999, let this happen for 10-plus years is absolutely absurd. There is no way in H-E double hockey sticks that he did not know what was going on with the culture of that team. And now he's trying to change that culture because he's under the most boiling hot water there is possible. It is so bad that at one point that the minority owners wanted to sell their stock because they knew the crap show that was going on. They knew what was going on and they was like, okay, we can't do this no more. Either majority of them knew or maybe not a lot of them really knew. And so those reports came out because not all minority owners are involved and the team is really just, hey, I'm investing money into it because I know I'm going to get a huge return in the deal. It's, it's, I mean, if you're a minority owner of a team, it's a win-win situation for you because not only are you investing a lot of money, but that money is going to come back and it's a guaranteed comeback. It's like you taking a million dollars and going to go buy a McDonald's and making a McDonald's franchise. You know you're going to make that million dollars back. It's, it's, it's a, it is a guarantee. It is a guarantee. So maybe some of the minority owners did not know what was going on until those reports came out. Or maybe they got a few whispers and maybe they didn't know. Who knows? But you, Dan Snyder, are the majority owner. You, Dan Snyder, is involved in the organization's day-to-day -day operations. You are. It has been reported. It is a fact. You are a very hands-on owner. So for you to be a hands-on owner and not... See what the hell is going on with Bruce Allen and those emails and those pictures taken and the sexual harassment that is going on inside of your organization is absolutely horrible. It is absolutely horrible. It is you ought to be ashamed of yourself. The organization as a whole should be ashamed of themselves. They should be everybody involved should be ashamed of themselves. But let's get into John Gruden. Let's get into John Gruden because oh, I have my thoughts about John Gruden. And John Gruden is a coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, a coach that has turned around the 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 Raiders organization um, to an extent, but also a guy who's traded Amari Cooper, who's traded Khalil Mack for a bag of Doritos and two bags of Fritos. A guy who, let's be honest here, Took over a pretty good team because, you know what, Jack Del Rio had it going on. He was building something over there. Him and Reggie McKenzie was building something over there before they was like, ah, let's bring back Chucky. Let's bring back the old glory days. What old glory days of Oakland? What, when, 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 when you guys were barely a playoff team? When you guys were a playoff team and, you know, tuck rule happens? Or, you know, the glory days of you trading him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Now, John Gruden has been dishonored from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ring of honor. He has been dishonored. He has been able to step down. Oh, and that makes me mad because the emails that came out, you're able to step down. 
not get fired no not get fired but be able to step down as the head coach of the team you being fired means hey you know what get out of here get your stuff and go you being able to step down is you being able to address your team one more time be able to neatly pack your stuff in those little white boxes not thrown in there and thrown out but neatly stack it in there at a timely manner not being rushed out I don't want to put the snow globe in this box. I'll put it in this box. Uh, I don't want to put that videotape in this box. I'll put it in this box right here. Oh, my computer. Let me make sure I take that before the FBI seizes that. Oh, man. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't put it in that box, sir. I'm going to just... Don't put it in the box. Don't don't put it in the box. It's okay. That don't need to to go in the box. I'll carry that to the car myself. That is what John Gruden was able to do. When you get fired, it's like, okay, we're throwing all this stuff in the box, and we don't have time to pick and choose what's going in what box. But he was able to pick fit. Oh, I don't want that in that box. Hey, can you make sure you wrap up that glass in a, in a paper bag and in and in 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 some newspaper before we pack that in there? I want to. I just don't want to make sure it gets smashed or anything like that. That's what John Gruden was able to do. The fact that John Gruden was able to coach on Sunday, on Sunday, is absurd. Because before the other emails came out about John Gruden, the email that came out about the NFLPA's president, that I felt was warrant of a multiple game suspension. It was 10 years ago. Maybe the man learned his lesson. Maybe he sat back and regretted it. He did hide it or whatever it may be. But overall, he was just like, you know, I regret it. I, you know. And he comes up with this fiery press conference. Of, I don't have a racist bone in my body and this, that, and the third. Okay, whatever, you proved it, whatever it may be. Okay, we only seen the one email. Maybe he should get suspended for a game or two. Don't have him coach. But he was able to be on that sideline and coach. He was able to coach the game like nothing ever happened. Like there are no repercussions for your actions. Like, oh, okay, everything is all right. He only really felt the heat when it came time to say what he said about the LGBTQ community. That's when he really felt the heat because it didn't matter what he said about uh, a, a black man. It didn't matter about that. It didn't matter that, you know, what he said two years ago, whatever it may be, didn't warrant a step down or a force down or whatever you want to call it because he did step down. It was what he said about the other communities it is what he said, which is egregious, which is atrocious. And of itself, him using the F word to call Roger Goodell atrocious. Um, him saying the things that he said is just atrocious and really should not be in our vocabulary at all. I do absolutely condemn him for what he said. But I will sit back and say this, and I will be put on the fire for this for saying this. I do think he was right about one thing, is just that he worded it completely horrible and should not have been said but i do think he was right about one thing and that was the simple fact that the league was trying to push michael sam uh and i'll explain that in a minute after station id this has been a presentation of the ohio media school northcoastunderground.com where the underground starts with you so yeah I I will sit back and say this. The NFL, and it was was clear. It was clear when it was happening. 
and there is nothing wrong with it. I will say that now. But the NFL was pushing for Michael Sam to be in the league. Now, I don't think he was pushing necessarily to the Rams. But you have to understand there are certain things that are PR moves. When Michael Sam came out the way he did, courageously came out the way that he did, it took a lot of guts even back then. It takes a lot of guts now. It took a lot of guts back then too, back in 2011, 2012. It took a lot of guts. But I do believe, and I, I do honestly believe it was a PR move by the NFL. Because why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? It's just the same as what the football team is doing now to cover up the stench that is coming out that organization by, by retiring Sean Taylor's uniform, which is disrespectful to Sean Taylor. It is also a PR move to find out that one of your NFL draft prospects has came out openly and courageously and to use him as a way of diversity in the NFL. Trust and believe me, it was a PR move because outside of him coming out like that, Michael Sam was not a good football player. He didn't make it in the NFL. He did not make it in the CFL because he could not play at a professional level. He was a good college football court, uh, defensive end. He was good enough to play at a professional level. Damn sure better than me by a whole country mile. I mean, Michael Sam will kill me <laughs> on the football field. I am not afraid to admit that. But amongst his peers, he was not that good. So I want to reiterate that amongst his peers, amongst the people that he's competing against or competing with, he was not that good. But it was a PR move by the NFL to get him in there because when Michael Sam came out, all of a sudden we went from we went from Michael Sam being a sixth rounder to an undrafted draft pick to a second and third rounder. And his play on the field did not improve from the time frame that he was, you know, that draft stock rising like that. His play on the field did not improve that much. It, it, it honestly didn't. His stats didn't improve that much. His tape, game tape didn't improve that much to warrant a big leap like that. And it showed on draft day. And, 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 and the narrative got spun around. Well, was it because he was, you know, because he came out or whatever it may be? No, it was honestly because he was projected at a late draft pick to begin with. But because he came out, it, it, it was pushed. Hey, he's a second or third rounder when he didn't play like a second or third rounder. So I, I want to get that very clear that I do think that it was a PR move. But what Gruden said at the end of the day is absolutely atrocious of what he said. What he said about the NFLPA's president was absolutely atrocious and egregious. It is, ab it, it is absolutely bad. And the fact that we still have this language here in 2021, the fact that we still do not know how to conduct ourselves in 2021 is absolutely absurd. It is absolutely ridiculous. And it needs to change the culture of it needs to change the culture, not only of the National Football League, not only of the Washington football team, but us as a society needs to change. Absolutely needs to change because you know what? It is the fact that you have a openly gay man in your locker room. 
and you go on here congratulating him this that and third when you did not mean it it is the fact that Carl Nassib felt the way he felt it is the fact that all those black players on that team felt the way he felt in a sense of they felt damaged by that in a sense of they felt hurt by that this is my head coach talking like this what the hell it is those facts it is the facts that you, John Gruden, was comfortable enough to send those emails out. It was the fact that you, John Gruden, had no remorse about those emails until, until you got caught. And you wouldn't have been caught if it was not for the, for the Washington football team and the way they're running their organization. You would not have been caught. There is no doubt in my mind you would not have been caught, which means you would not have felt no remorse, which means you will be acting the same way you do. And, 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 and I'm checking. I'm, I'm all of this. I'm all of that. Because it is reports that you are a two-faced SOB. And it shows in those emails. It shows. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen, mister. Culture surrounding this football team. You know, the culture is actually damn good these people you ought to be ashamed of yourself the culture is not good the culture was not good over there in washington for 10 years it's still not good even though even though ron rivera is trying to change things it is still not good it's better it, it, it is better but it's not that good the culture the culture my god the culture needs to change it needs to change bad across the whole board it needs to change and the fact that John Gruden was able to coach the fact that John Gruden was able to coach this past Sunday the fact that John Gruden was not dumped on his head and fired the fact that he was able to step down even even after what with what came out the fact that Mark Davis knew about these emails and knew about this and let him coach and hired him back and let him continue to coach a team that is full of different people and backgrounds. And you knew about it. I will sit back and say this and repeat the words of Rich Eisen. And I agree with him when he says Al Davis is rolling in his grave. That. Al Davis is rolling in his grave because his son let that happen. His son, who is running an organization that has always been a step above the curve, an organization that hired the first Hispanic head coach in NFL history, the first organization to hire a black coach in NFL history, an organization to have a woman CEO, the only woman CEO in NFL history. This same organization that did not, that did not judge you based off your sexual orientation, based it off your gender, based it off your, your race. They hired you because he felt like you could do a great job. He hired you because he felt like you can do it. It does not matter because all he wanted was to just win baby. That's all Al Davis wanted to do. And he hired the best people to do it. Maybe not towards the end of his life. When he was losing touch. 
But when Al Davis was in his prime, it did not matter if you was black, white, Hispanic, woman, trans, did not matter what your sexual orientation was. It mattered if you can do the job and if you can do the job well. It did not matter. And for his son, for his son to let John Gruden coach this team when he knows that there is a openly gay player on that team, when he knows when he knows full heartedly that there are multiple blacks and Hispanics on that team. When he knows that that team in any locker room has a mix of different people of ethnicity, ethnicity and different sexual orientation backgrounds and different ways of coming up. The fact that you let that head coach coach that team and then to let him step down and to let him step down and let him not get fired. Ought to be ashamed. Ought to be ashamed. Yes. Yes, indeed. It is a shame. And trust when I sit back and say job of the week will continue because that's not the only thing I want to talk about with the NFL. But we're going to run a commercial break. We're going to run a music break as well. We'll be right back to Technically It Is Real on North Coast Underground. We'll be right back after these messages and music break. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For, for taking, taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For, for leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes I do the same things over and over, until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Against all odds, I don't know why we want to take the hardest road. I don't know why the man above gives me the hardest road, but there's nothing a man above don't put you in situations that you can't handle. And I just kept that same positive attitude, like, instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! 
This is for you. Oh. If I don't believe in nothing, I believe in the land. If you from out of town, you would never understand. Something like LeBron James, this feeling I can't explain. We the champs, crown the king, kiss the ring. We coming from the believe in, hey. believe in, hey. Been told y'all, we on the rise, but y'all ain't see it like you was blind. Mentality here wasn't recognized. Not everyone on this Cleveland shit. Since we got this championship, now everybody screaming Cleveland lit. Man, we've been on fire, so watch out, little bit. Get to Wahoo in the dog pound quick with some Cavaliers. Stay y'all sniff. Kyrie Irving, we shoot from the hip, and we keep our promise on the King James Inns. Keep pushing, keep going, run the city. Jesse Owens, that's how I feel every time I'm flowing. Running the track like two minutes flat, and I'm hurtling out because no looking back, and the feeling I get when the critics attack is the same as Drake had with that track back to back. Consistent, believe in Cleveland on the map. We the lake every month since we only get attacked. No mistake by the lake, man. The feeling is great. We're not leaving the city because we're here to stay. Zero love for my haters. What? Thought we was on hiatus. No. We was just mixing and cooking up the raw experience. We call it Cleveland, and Cleveland is that Joe Ohio. I don't believe in nothing, I believe in the land. If you from out of town, you would never understand. Something like LeBron James, this feeling I can't explain. We the champs, crown the king, kiss the ring. We coming from the to the city. I gave everything that I had. I put my heart, my blood, my sweat, my tears to this game, man. It paid off, yup, it paid off Mr. Gilbert built a team that swept through the playoffs At the sound of the buzzer, it's about to jay off This is everything we dream, we about to take off And put on for the city, we put on for the state This is Cleveland, Akron, Ohio, we great Yeah, we live by the lake, but it ain't no mistake Could be small as a mustard seed, still keep our faith It's like, it's like, it's like when Big brought home a Grammy Had to go out and get it, come back to the family Thought we was down once again, you thought we blew it But we came back 3 to 1 just to show we undisputed If I don't believe in nothing, I believe in the land If you from out of town, you would never understand Something like LeBron James, this feeling I can't explain We the champs, crown the king, kiss the ring We coming from the believing That was Believe Land by Division 3. We are back to Technically It Is Real. Again, I am your host, Tyrell Jackson. So, like I said, this is a long jobber of the week because we got a lot to talk about with all these idiots and whatever it may be. So, let's get into the NFL side of things because the NFL has 650,000 emails. And... They are only going to release the emails that they're going to release. So, 
let me get this straight. We can write a 300-page document about a deflated football and Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, but we can selectly pick which emails we're going to release because I think the NFL knows that a lot of team owners will be scrutinized for the things that they're said. I think a lot of team owners, a lot of team general managers that sent emails to Bruce Allen and the Washington football team will be in a position to where they're going to be forced to step down. The NFL is trying to basically make Gruden the fall guy. And like I said in the other segment, yes, Gruden, it is atrocious of what he said, but Gruden is the fall guy for a lot of people. And I will be fair here uh, for a brief moment when I sit back and say that if Gruden's the fall guy, there needs to be a lot more fall guys than just Gruden. I don't think that Gruden is the only person here taking the blame. Like I said, Gruden is getting all the heat, but Bruce Allen is not. Because there were a lot of emails released about Bruce Allen. It, it, it was just, you know... John Gruden is sending those emails out. And Bruce Allen has every bit of backfire and should be getting the heat just as much as John Gruden is because Bruce Allen, I know he had to say something, and the NFL would not release it. Because if John Gruden or anybody else was that comfortable to send that over, then hello, the person who is sending it is not the only culprit. They're just not. That's just facts. They're not the only culprits. If they're the only culprit, then 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 okay then. You know, it's, it's saved in the draft form. You know what I'm saying? You know how when you send out something or when you type out something but you don't send it out, it goes to the draft folder, it will be in the draft folder. These are sent emails. These are proofreaded sent emails by John Gruden. These are proofreaded and sent emails. By Bruce Allen. These are conversations that they are having. That they are comfortable enough for, of having. And I will sit back and say this for a split moment. It is not fair to John Gruden for him to be the only one taking the heat. Because trust me when I sit back and say this. Bruce Allen is just as guilty. He is just as guilty as John Gruden is. So if we're going to treat, treat John Gruden like this. Then... We need to treat Bruce Allen like this, too, because I think the only reason why those emails got sent out or got leaked out or whatever it may be was because of the simple fact that he said the F word about Roger Goodell. I will I will not repeat that word. I will not repeat that word at all. He said what he said about Roger Goodell. And you don't think Roger Goodell saw that and was like, oh, nope, got to get rid of him. You don't think Roger Goodell probably saw something about Adam Schefter and now released the email that Adam Schefter sent to Bruce Allen about the NFL lockout? Yeah. I think the NFL is going to use this email situation to get rid of whoever the hell they want to get rid of. They are going to use this to the fullest extent. 
if the NFL does not like you or they don't see what they don't like about you, they will release it. Because, like I said, you can write a 300 report, 300 page report about a deflated football in the 2015 and AFC Championship game, but we can't release all 650,000 emails to the public. Yeah, it's something bigger than what they're telling us. And there are going to be a lot of fall guys that is going to take the heat. Now, I'm not commending the fall guys, per se, because they shouldn't have sent that out in the first place. It shouldn't be in their vocabulary, whatever it is in the first place. But there are going to be fall guys for the mistakes that the NFL made. And while the NFL might think it's making them look good by releasing these emails and then coming out with the PR stunt of we do not condone these actions and blah, 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 blah. Because that's what it all is to me is blah, 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 blah. Then guess what? Then guess what? It makes you look just as bad, if not worse, because you let this go on for 10 years. You let this go on for 10 years. Emails from media personality to NFL organizations. You let this happen because people have to remember the NFL is one company and they have 32 different branches. So you're telling me. And I've worked in companies that had different branches. And the umbrella company gets all the emails that is being sent out. The IT department can see those emails. And yes, it is a lot of emails to go through with 32 NFL teams trading emails and then the media trading emails or whatever it may be. But if the NFL can send out a mass email to all 32 teams, guess what? You can look at all 32 team emails and you let it happen for 10 years. As soon as that first email by John Gruden came out, it should have been reported immediately. And it wasn't. It wasn't. And if you do not think, oh, they can't seize all those emails like that, they're doing it right now with the Washington football team. They're doing it right now. There's no doubt about it. They're doing it right now. So it makes the NFL look just as worse because they let this culture happen for decades, for at least a decade, if not longer than a decade. We're only getting, what, the last 10 years? We're not getting the last 20. We're not getting the last 25. We're not getting the last, yeah, okay, the last 25. Because, what, 25 years ago is, what, 1996, because I'm 25 right now. So, okay, about the last 23 years. Let's, let's push it up a little bit. I'm only 25, so I cannot remember when email first came out. But we're not getting those emails from the last, what, 20 years or so? So we're getting the last 10 from only one organization. We're not getting emails from the Browns. We're not getting emails from the Bengals, the Ravens, Steelers, Bills, Chiefs, whoever you want to say. We're not getting those emails. We're getting emails from the football team. There's 650,000 of them. You're telling me now we want to do a crackdown? Now we want to do it. There is no way that it's just been reported in the last year or so. And now we got to look into it. These are reports that they have been undermining, that they have been hiding. And it makes the NFL look just as bad. NFL, you are jobber of the week. And you are also jobber of the week because... I'm going to talk about it on a lighter note, 
What is a pass interference? Can somebody tell me what a pass interference is? Because that pass interference called on a fourth and eight in the Browns game against the Los Angeles Chargers, where Mike Williams is clear as day holding on to a Browns defender's jersey to get advantage on the ball, and that's defensive pass interference? What is pass interference? What is a catch? We don't know. We don't know. So, NFL, you got to get your stuff together. Like I said, when we do things that is not right, when we make mistakes, because we're not perfect. We're not perfect. We're not perfect in this world. We're not perfect in this in, in this life. When we do things that are wrong, when we make a mistake, when we do things that are wrong, we have to do everything right to make it right. And for 10, 11 years, or if not more, John Gruden did not make it right. John Gruden kept saying what he wanted to say. For 10 plus years, the football team did not make it right. And while they've decided to change the culture every before these reports came out, um, when Ron Rivera got there, because Ron Rivera was not having it, it's still 10 years of damage. For Gruden, it's, it is 10 years of damage. It is 10 years of not learning your mistake. It is only 10 years. It is only 10 years of of everything else. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just, it is what it is. So anyway, we're going to go on a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the baseball uh, side of things. We're going to talk about the league championships. And also, we're going to do a top five league championship moments in the last 20 years. You are listening to Technically It Is Real or NorthCourseUnderground.com. We will be right back after these commercials and also a music break. We'll be right back. Everywhere that we go, he makes people laugh and makes people smile, and I feel like I have that quality. He's the one who always takes me fishing. I watch golf with him. And <laughs> I watch him cook because when I grow up, I want to be a cook too. Me, how the same faces like this? Dad is the one, when you fall, that picks you up. That unconditional sense of presence and um, reassurance is really what makes him my father. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team, but I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. If you drive buzzed, it could cost you around $10,000. 
You'll face major legal fees, major fines, and steep insurance penalties. You could lose everything. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving.
year to make rock great again here at NorthCoastUnderground.com where the underground starts with you. Come through. 
All right, we are back to Technically It Is Real. The first song was The Sight of You As Time Fades, and the song that just got done playing is Will Come Through by Next of Kin. So we are back, and the league championship series are underway. The Houston Astros beat the Boston Red Sox 5-4 to um, last night. They are up 1-0 tonight. Game 2 is happening over there in Houston uh, with the Astros being up 1-0, and the Dodgers and Braves are uh, opening up their series tonight at 8 o'clock. So with these league championship series being right here um, that is going on right now, um, look, I decided to go ahead and do a top five best moments in my opinion in league championships in the last 20 years and uh before we go on to that i just want to give a quick shout out to my friend down in louisiana thomas thomas thank you for listening thank you for tuning in i appreciate the love and support it is not going unnoticed so thank you for that so let's get into it and this is in no particular order it's just basically just my favorite moments or whatever it may be uh, well, the first four is not in any particular um, order. The the other one uh, is, and you'll find out about that. So let's get it started because let's talk about 2003. Now, which 2003 uh, League Championship Series we're going to open it up with? Let's talk about the Steve Bartman play. If you are unfamiliar with the Steve Bartman play, let me just give you a small little rundown. The Chicago Cubs up three games to two. It is the top of the eighth. They are leading three to nothing. It is, They are pitching well. It is looking like it is going to be smooth sailing to their first World Series since, I believe at that time was 1945, I want to say. That's just off the top of my head but it was in the 1940s the last time they had been to the world series they are right there as uh moses alu i do not want to i hate botching name butchering name botching names or whatever it may be but it is what it is he is going up as the ball is hit foul it is in the stands it is clear as day in the stands and some guy in the chicago cubs had wearing headphones Goes up, grabs the ball, interferes with the ball, and the ball drops down to the ground. It is a foul ball. It extends the Marlins at bat, and it changes the course of the entire series. Now, why is this a top five moment for me? Because the ball was in the stands, but Moses had enough room and leverage and really a lot of athleticism to actually grab that ball and record the second out of the inning but as steve bartman is the scapegoat of that series and i was watching uh old news stories from when they won the world series against the cleveland now guardians about how bartman gets a ring you know let's do this healing of forgiveness and you know, Bartman gets ringed. That's cool. That's great for him. But it is not Steve Bartman's fault. Let's be real here for a minute. Uh, look, you're up three games to two. You were up three games to one. And you blow a three-run lead. You give up eight in the eighth inning. You proceed to lose game six. You proceed to lose game seven. 
Is that really Steve Bartman's fault? No. It is the exact same argument I make when everybody says that Ray Allen hit the three to say LeBron James legacy. Hello, they still had to go out and win in overtime, and they had to go out in game seven and win. Just like, oh, well, the Cavs got, came back from three to one because, look, they had Draymond Green out for game five. Yes, and Draymond Green played game six and seven. Okay, we cannot, these scapegoat things, I mean, it happens. You know, it's natural to happen, but we have to take a step back and realize, like, is that really the scapegoat thing? Especially in a series where the Cubs are up three games to two, and they're up three runs. They are five outs away from going to the World Series, and you're going to tell me that this man is the only reason why that they couldn't win, that they couldn't make it. Oh, that's a load of Balakna, and you know it. And the Cubs fans should know it, too. And the fact that that man went through torture and went through blame is absolutely ridiculous. It is absolutely absurd. But it was nonetheless a historic moment because it is a play that is still talked about 18 years later, going on 19 years later. So that's why I wanted to open up with that because – Steve Bartman definitely is not the one to blame why the Chicago Cubs uh, end up losing that series and will have to wait another another 13 years until they can actually finally win a World Series. So Bartman doesn't deserve that blame. He took that on the shoulder. He didn't and, and, and give Bartman this much credit. I know he was taking a lot of scrutiny and uh, and was getting death threats or whatever it may be. But let's 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 really uh, commend. Bartman for not coming out and making money off of it. A lot of people, a whole lot of people would make money off of this, no matter what um, what happened, what side of the spectrum that they're on. They would have made a lot of money off of being the quote-unquote scapegoat, the bad guy in this situation. Bartman went into hiding. He was like, that's it? Nope? Okay. And it probably had to do a lot with being a fear, scared of his life. I mean, we're talking about Chicago here. So he probably was scared of legitimately scared for his life. Like, seriously. So that's that could be another reason. But it wasn't no cool down period two years later. Then he comes out with a book. It was none of that. He went on about his life and just kind of stayed quiet for the most part. Stayed off camera for them. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen another um, video uh, interview or picture or anything like that. Of him since then, like even even watching that news report uh, five years ago when they won the World Series about how Bartman was getting a ring, uh, they they used the news used a picture of him from that game. The news did not have him on on screen. He just did a small interview and that was that. So you know he kind of stayed out of out of out of hiding for the longest. I mean, and and that's that's cool and all because you know what, kind of needed to. His, his life was on the line and he. he I was like, yo, I'm, I'm not about to sit here and take this. I'm not about to sit here and, you know, keep taking this abuse and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, that that's that's on the list uh, of my one of my favorite moments because it did change uh, the course of MLB history. But to stick with 2003, let's go to the other side, to the American League, as Aaron Boone walks off. In Game 7 against the Boston Red Sox, bottom of the 11th, 
uh, first pitch. They're just coming off a commercial break, and Aaron Boone smashes it to the left and sends the New York Yankees to the World Series, and ultimately they would lose to the Florida Marlins. But let's think about this for a moment because we had two league championship series that went to Game 7. We had two league championship series that had big moments that changed the course of of MLB history and changed the course of that series. For Boone, it was sending the Yankees to the World Series on the very first pitch. Let's talk about the fact that the Red Sox and the Cubs, at that time, at that time, the two longest World Series droughts in in, in, in MLB history still holds that record. But nonetheless, two droughts that were on the line and they were this close. We're talking about one game away. Both teams were one game away from playing each other to where it was a guarantee that one drought was going to end. It was either going to be the Red Sox drought or if it was going to be the Chicago Cubs drought. We were that close to it. But Boone smashes it to like the third the third row or whatever it may be just hits it. And his father, Brett Boone, was commentating the game. So that was a special moment for him as well. So, yeah, he sends the Yankees over to to the to the World Series. They will eventually lose to the Florida Marlins. But, yeah, that, that deserves to be top five. And the speaking of sending a, a, a team to the World Series, let's talk about 2014. Travis Ichikawa. Walk off against the St. Louis Cardinals to send the San Francisco Giants to their second World Series in three years. Uh, Travis, unlikely hero. He's playing for his third team that year. And he just smashes it to the right and sends the San Francisco Giants to the World Series. It was an amazing, amazing moment. I mean, look, it was two on, one out, bottom of the ninth. It's tied three apiece. And... He just hits it. He becomes an unlikely hero. And it changes. I mean, these are moments that change the course of MLB history. Because without that home run, then we don't get the Madison Bumgarner series, as I like to call it, against the Kansas City Royals. Where Madison Bumgarner, to this day, to this day, is some of the finest pitching I've ever seen in a series. Or in general, just some of the finest pitching. I mean, we're talking about not only did he have like one or two quality starts, like excellent starts, but then he comes off out of the bullpen and pitches a phenomenal game and just and just keeps Kansas City from winning a World Series. That does not happen without the Travis Ishikawa home run that was hit in the bottom of the ninth with two on one out, a game five of the NLCS. In San Francisco. I mean, that was just a beaut to see, a beaut to behold. And it was one of those moments that does live on forever. And speaking of moment that does live on forever, what about David Ortiz's 2013? Blast is a grand salami. Two outs. Bases loaded. You're down by four. You got Big Poppy coming up to the plate. You need a big hit from him. He doesn't hit it over the monster, which a lot of people forget. 
a lot of people forget that the monster is the shortest part of that stadium. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's less than 350 feet away from home plate. It is the shortest distance of the stadium. That's why that wall is so big because it was easy to hit home runs over there. I mean, that's all what batters were focused on because before that monster got there, just hit it over there. You're getting it's a guaranteed home run. It's like when they used to hit home runs in the polo grounds. It was a guaranteed home run. It's a guarantee. Hit over there, you're gonna hit a home run. That's why the monster's that big. He didn't hit it over the monster, which is impressive in of itself. He hit it in the deepest part of Fenway Field. And as Tory Hunter is going up to go make a play, which you gotta give Tory Hunter that credit. Ortiz clears it. And I remember at the time, the officer who was on security duty cheering on that grand slam. He's the one who gets all the attention. And it was a funny moment. He's just jumping up and down and not doing his job at all. That is a funny moment. But nonetheless, two out, bottom of the eighth, you're down 1-0 against the Detroit Tigers, and you smash that at home in the deepest part of Fenway Field? Yeah, that's one heck of a moment. That is one heck of a moment indeed. And I will reveal the final moment, which I told you the first four don't matter. But the final moment, I will dive a little deep. I will dive a little deep, but we will be right back to Technically It Is Real. We're going to play a few commercials again, and then we're going to have one music song, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about that. Also, what we're also going to talk about is we're going to preview week six of the NFL, my predictions in that, and what I think about the Cleveland Browns' chances of winning the game against the Arizona Cardinals. You are listening to Technically Is Real on NorthCoastUnderground.com. We will be right back after these messages and music break. Do you have an interest in being in broadcasting? Ohio Media School has hands-on coursework taught by broadcast professionals on seven different campuses. Our Cleveland campus is located at 9885 Rockside Road in Valley View, Ohio. Ohio Media School currently hosts two student-run online radio stations with loads of internship opportunities. Call today and learn about our job placement system programs, diploma program, and our financial aid services at any of our seven different campuses at 216-503-5900. That's 216-503-5900 or beonair.com. At Ohio Media School, we change Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A. It's spiritual. Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B. Find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. They'll test you. Try to break your will. But however loud the loudness gets, however many cheese puffs may fly, you're the driver, the one in control. Stand firm. Just wait. And move only when you hear the click that says they're buckled in for the drive. Never give up till they buckle up. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. 
My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter, she's been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Do you like EDM, dubstep, or techno? Well, then you're at the wrong station. NorthCoastUnderground.com, where the underground starts with you.
right, that was Do Not Be Afraid, or Don't Be Afraid, excuse me, by Scarlet Canary. Again, welcome back to Technically It Is Real. And let's finish off this top five countdown. Like I said, numbers four, numbers one through four, whatever it may be, it didn't matter about the ranking, you know, or two through five, whatever it may be, however you want to say, you know, it didn't matter. But this one did because I think this moment trumps all because it's not just a moment. It is the course of MLB history. It is the change of MLB history. And it is a moment or a basically a series of moments that has never been replicated since then in baseball history. And if you do know what I'm talking about, then you know what's coming up. But just in case if you don't, remember when I said Aaron Boone hit a home run against the Boston Red Sox 2003 Game 7? Oh, the Boston Red Sox would get their revenge in 2004 as they are the only team still to this day, 15 years later, the only team in MLB history to be down 3-0 in a series come back and win the whole series let's start david roberts who is now the the manager of the los angeles dodgers david roberts still from first to second changed the course david ortiz walk off home run in game four boston coming out extra innings again game five absolutely playing excellent baseball do or die baseball. Why not us baseball? And Ortiz becoming the hero again in game five. Game six in New York. Everybody's writing you off. It is New York. It's the Yankees. The curse of the Bambino will rise his head again. And the Boston Red Sox with Kurt Schilling, bloody sock and all, performing excellent. One of the best pitching performances in Major League Baseball history to this day. Bloody sock and all, and goes out there and not only dominates, but gets physical, runs to the base pads when he needs to, to record out himself. Yes. Yes. I said the first four didn't matter. This one does. Because it is still the greatest set of moments in MLB history. It is still the greatest moments in Boston history. It is still some of the greatest moments in not just baseball history, not just Boston history, but in sports history in general. These are some of the finest moments that has ever happened. And I'm going to break it down in just a little bit more after the station identification. This has been a presentation of the Ohio Media School. Jam, man. Work it. Turn the whole thing northcoastunderground.com where the underground starts with you alright so like I was saying <clears throat> it is some of the best moments in sports history the bloody sock the Alex Rodriguez running to first base swiping the ball out of the player's hand and looking like a child that just got stuck putting his hand in a cookie jar then game 7 happened now you're really being written off. One year ago, you guys got sent home by Aaron Boone's home run. It's game seven, ALCS, Yankee Stadium, all over again. And what do they do? They answer the call. They answer the critics. 
and they dominate game seven and they leave no doubt in anybody's mind that they are the best of the best, that they are the comeback kids. Johnny Damon, who struggled all series long, smashes a home run. If I'm not mistaken, he smashes two home runs. And if you want to watch the whole series, the entire whole series, games one through seven, is on YouTube in its entirety. I recently watched that World Series all over, uh, that, that championship series again a few months back. Because it's, it is historic. It is that good. It is one of the best things to ever happen in sports. And for the Red Sox, the underdogs, to beat the evil empire, to beat the evil empire. And I will sit back and say this. Even though the Yankees won a World Series in 2009, the Yankees organization has not been the same since that series. I will go out on the limb and say that. They have not been the same since that series. They all, Since that series, they have won World Series win. That is in, back in 2009. That is also the last time they've been to a World Series. Because the 2010s decade is the only decade in Yankees history where they have not played in at least one World Series championship series. It is the only time that has ever happened in that franchise's history. And I do believe it started with 2004. They have not been the same. They've been close. But they have not been the same since then. And it was a changing of the guard because the Red Sox were not the same since then either. They win the World Series in 2004. Matter of fact, they went on an eight-game win streak. They won those four games and then swept the St. Louis Cardinals, who had a phenomenal... Oh, I mean, their NLCS was absolutely crazy between them and the Astros. And of itself, I mean, it gets overshadowed. It get that NLCS that the Astros and Cardinals has gets absolutely overshadowed by this league championship. It honestly does because both of them were that good. But it does change the the course of both franchises because the Yankees, although they did win a World Series, they have not been the same since then. And for the Red Sox, they won in 04, they won in 07, they won in 13, and they won in 19. Man, 18, excuse me. They've won four World Series since that moment. The Yankees have only won one. They beat the curse of the Bambino. Because while we all get irritated at Boston Cubs winning championships, you have to realize, outside of the indoor teams, they weren't winning championships. The Patriots sucked until Tom Brady got there. Yeah, they had won two championships. You know, prior to that. But you have to understand. Boston went through. The Red Sox went through 86 years. Of not winning a championship. 86 years. They were able to bounce back. From a bad league championship. Series. The previous year. Unlike their other cursed counterparts. That is one of the best moments. In all of sports. Was those Four games where the Red Sox absolutely played the best baseball you can play. And I will sit back and say they played perfect baseball. Pedro Martinez, 
played excellent baseball. Pedro Martinez going out there against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium after he said, I guess the Yankees are my daddy. And yet he struggled a little bit, but overall he shut that crowd up. Kurt Schillis shut that crowd up. Johnny Damon shut that crowd up. He shut him up. Grand slam, grand slam. Home runs at the home runs, walk-off hits, stolen bases, bloody socks and all. Yes, it is the greatest moment in, in, in baseball history, in my opinion. It is one of the greatest moments in sports history, in my opinion. There is no doubt about it. You cannot deny it. A hundred times out of a hundred, I will put the Boston Red Sox coming down 3-0 against anything in baseball history. Anything. Who has come back from 3-0 since then? Nobody. It is one of the best moments. It changes the courses of both franchises. The Boston has won Boston Red Sox has won four World Series since then. They've won four World Series since then. The Yankees have only won one. The Yankees haven't been back since 2009. And Boston has won two in the 2010s. Yes, it is one of the greatest moments in all of league championship history. It is also one of the greatest moments in all of sports history. It's one of the greatest moments in all of baseball history. So when we come back, we are going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about Week 6. What can the Browns do to beat the, the COVID-ridden Cardinals? We'll be right back at the commercials and one song break. You are listening to Technically It Is Real on NorthCoastUnderground.com. We will be right back shortly. Want to be the next TV or radio star? Do you want to go somewhere that is affordable and fun? Then come to the Ohio Media School where broadcasting careers begin. Our instructors are top-notch working professionals in the field. OMS has student-ran internet radio stations that will get your foot in the door. Ohio Media School is located in Valley View, Ohio. For more information, call us at 216-503-5900 or go to beyondair.com. Okay, Sarah, I'm dropping you at Emily's, and Josh, you're going to soccer, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, and by the way, when I pick you up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, me and my short shorts doing my daddy dance. Your friends will love it. No! Well, I might change my mind if you buckle your seatbelts. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, I'll buckled. Whatever it takes, keep them safe. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. 
Ever wanted to get into TV or radio but never knew how to get started? Ohio Media School is going to give you the push you need to further your career in broadcasting. It's a nine-month program with hands-on training taught by broadcast professionals. They offer job placement assistance and have seven different campuses to choose from. With student-run internet stations, Ohio Media School also has financial aid for those who apply. Ohio Media School is located in Valley View at 9885 Rockside Road. For more information, please call 216-503-5900 or visit beonair.com. Ohio Media School. We change lives. Where's my rock music? It's here at NorthCoastUnderground.com where we play all the greatest underground artists. NorthCoastUnderground.com where the underground starts with you.
Okay, that was Bottom of the Bottle by Avarice. Sorry if I butchered that name, but that was Bottom of the Bottom. We are back on Technically It Is Real. So let's get into a little bit of football now on the lighter side of things, for the love of God. So we're going to preview week six, but let's start off with the Browns versus the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, the last remaining undefeated team. This is huge because... We got Murray versus Mayfield. We got J.J. Watt who passed up on us to go to Arizona. And Arizona, I mean, as of right now, if the season ended, Arizona and Buffalo would be my picks to be in the Super Bowl. I think that would be a fun Super Bowl as of right now. But nonetheless, I mean, the Cardinals are just that good. But I, but I think the Browns have a good chance with them having multiple players out because of COVID or whatever it may be. I, I, I will sit back and say this. The Browns want to win this game. I know there's no Nick Chubb, but we need to run the ball down their throats. We need to take the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands as much as we can. The Cardinals are good, but they are also the third worst rushing defense in the league. They give up 139 yards per game on defense, but their passing defense is crazy. I would not pass that ball a lot. You have to run with Kareem Hunt. You have to run with Felton. You have to do these things because if you do not do these things, you're going to give the advantage to the Arizona Cardinals. We pride ourselves on running the football. Oh, we're going to need to run with the football. I know Hunt is questionable with the wrist, but it's a wrist injury. I I suspect he's going to be fine. If you're going to pass, it needs to be short passes, but it needs to be plays that keeps the clock moving, that keeps the the ball moving, and to keep Kyler Murray off that football field. They are explosive, explosive. I mean, they they really are. So when when you're talking about explosive offense with Murray and Hop. And whatever it may be, then you gotta be careful. But if you also facing a team that is 29th in the run defense, then you need to, you know, run the football. It's very plain and simple. I do have us losing though. I think, I think if Stefanski gets in his head a little bit too much and wants to start uh, moving the ball down the field by passing and airing it out, I think we're gonna lose this game. I also say that for some personal reasons that I'm not gonna say because. I'm just not going to say it. But nonetheless, yeah, I, I, I don't see us winning this game. I, I, this was the one game I didn't see us winning. The Cardinals are playing excellent football. And if it comes down to the crunch, if it comes down to one final drive, I just don't trust this team right now. The London game, Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who cares? We really want to wake up at 930 in the morning to watch this game. Like, really? I'm going to bed. I'm staying in bed Sunday. I got work the next day. Well, you got work the next day. Sleep in. You're not missing nothing. It's just like when they put the, the Falcons and the Jets on. What are we missing here? Missed field goals or whatever it may be. Dolphins walking in 1-4 and four, while the Jacksonville Jaguars are 0-5 on a current 20-game losing streak. Like I said earlier in the show, this is their best chance to win a football game as of right now. Jacoby Brissett is questionable, but I'm pretty sure he's going to play. Like I said, I have not seen any reports about Tua Tonga-Valoa not playing. I mean, playing in the game. Um, with that being said, I, I think that the Jaguars is not going to... Um, is not going to win this game. And matter of fact, as I say that 
Tua Tungavaloa might not play. Just got a tweet from the Miami Dolphins three hours ago that the Miami Dolphins have activated Tua Tungavaloa off of injury reserves. So he is more than likely going to play that game, which means Jacksonville is not going to win this game. Uh, look, for the, for the Miami Dolphins, this team... I like this team. I like their their. I like how how they're coached. I, I just something's not clicking this year. They they do not move the ball. These are two teams that don't move the ball very well. These are two teams that are in the bottom half as far as total yards go in the league. The 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 the, the Jaguars are twenty second. The Miami Dolphins are thirty first. The the Miami Dolphins are 30th in passing. The Jacksonville Jaguars are 27th in passing. The only thing that Jacksonville has that Jacksonville can win this game, they need to just run the ball. They're sixth in the league in running. They also are facing a team that is 24th in run defense. They're facing a team that is the worst running offense in the league. And these these are two teams that are just not that good this year. These are two teams that do not score a lot. The Miami averaged 15 points per game. That's 31st in the league. The Jacksonville Jaguars averages 18 points a game. That's 28th in the league. Like, who wants to watch this game? This is just bad football in the making. Or it could just be great football because both teams can't play defense. Um, both teams are in the bottom in defensive yards uh, given up per game. I, I just, I just don't. I don't see it. I, I don't see a Jacksonville Jaguars win overall. But like I said, they have the absolute best chance of winning uh, this game because if you're going to win against any team on your schedule, it, it, it will be the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I, I, and I know in in the preview show uh, when we were talking, when we were giving predictions about the AFC South, me and my teacher Jack John, we talked about. The Jacksonville Jaguars having a decent year. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust that no more. Because, look, they had the bye week. Uh, that's where I think Urban Meyer gets fired, especially if they lose against Miami. And then they have Seattle, Buffalo, Colts, San Francisco, and the Falcons. Do I see them winning any of those teams outside of the bye week? No. The only game I see them possibly winning outside of the Miami Dolphins is either the Houston Texans on December 19th or the New York Jets week 16. They don't win those games. I don't think they win a game at all. I, 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 I just don't see it. They don't beat the Miami Dolphins. They have Seattle. Yes, Seattle's a weak team without Russell Wilson. Yes, Seattle is carried by Russ. But Seattle's still a far superior team than the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Buffalo Bills are for sure a far better team. Maybe they beat the Colts. Maybe. Just maybe. But the Colts is a decent team. They're not that bad. Like, their record, they're better than what their record shows. They really are. I don't see it. Maybe the Colts. If they don't beat the Colts, then their next bet is the Texans or the Jets. So I have Miami winning this game by, by three points. Miami is the favorites, but I mean, who cares? Who's I don't even I don't even see their fan bases waking up to watch this game. Like honestly, I don't even see their fan base waking up to watch this game. You know, even the diehards might be slow to get up to watch this. Unless they're already up. Like, that's the only audience you're going to get. Is the people that's already up and there just so happen to be football on. And and reporters. That's that's it. That's it. 
cares about watching this game? All right, next we got the Cincinnati Bengals versus Detroit Lions. I think Detroit wins this game. Detroit has been very close. They've been very close lately, and, and I feel bad for them because Detroit is the only team in NFL history to lose two game-winning field goals of 50 yards or more. I feel bad for Detroit because they, they do fight hard. They're just not talented. Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell is a good coach. He just does not have a talented team. But I think Detroit beat Cincinnati. I think this is where they can get Joe Burrow to play bad football in Joe Burrow's sense. Um, I, I like I like their chances. I mean, they, they're about equal in the offensive side of things. They're about equal on the defensive side of things. Yes, Detroit is 0-5, but guess what? I would sit back and say this. Detroit is just as equal as the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals are finding ways to win. Detroit finds new ways to lose. That's the that's like the only explanation I can give you. I got Detroit winning this game, even though Cincinnati is three and a half point favorites. Next, Kansas City versus Washington football team is very simple. Kansas City winning this game. I'm not going to dive deep into this one. Kansas City is just a far superior team than the Washington football team. But like I've always said to myself, you play the game on the field and not on the paper. But since we're talking about on the paper, Kansas City with the easy win, there's a reason why they're seven and a half point favorites. Uh, seven point favorites, excuse me. Minnesota and Carolina. Two teams that um it's there. You know what I'm saying? Minnesota's a better team than what their record shows. Uh Sam Darno has finally cooled off. Sam Darno is back to New York Jets, Sam Darno. He's back to seeing ghosts. Uh, these two teams, I, I like both of these teams. I'm excited about what they what they're building over there. I'm excited about Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers for sure. I am definitely excited about them. Uh, there another another matchup where both teams statistically are even on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, both of them are in the middle of the pack on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to total yards, passing yards, and rushing yards. Um, both teams are. Are solid on defense. Uh, as far as the pass defense, the Panthers have the best pass defense in the league right now, statistically. The Vikings, 13th, but that's okay. Both teams, I mean, the Panthers' defense is excellent. It's one of those defenses that not that is not getting talked about. Not I'm I'm looking I'm looking right at it. They're first in 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 third down conversions. They give up the fewest uh, third down conver conversions as far as percentages goes. They they are the third best team in points per game against them. They are the eighth best run defense, the best pass defense, the second best defense as far as total yards overall. The Panthers is really good. They're really good on defense. It's just that offense has slipped. It's like they figured out Sam Darnold was in a hot streak. Let him go ahead and get a little hot. Let him go ahead and get a little hot, you know, all of that stuff. But overall, it's like, hey, Sam Darnold, we'll, we'll bring the ghost back out onto the field. That's okay. I got the Panthers, just off of sheer defense, I got the Panthers winning this game. I, I, I think the Panthers' defense is just too good. Yes, they got Jefferson. Yes, they got Thielen. And that's why I'm kind of salty that I did not check my fantasy this week because I didn't start Antonio Brown over Thielen, and now I'm going to lose my fantasy again. So let's give a round of applause to me. Yay! Tyrell loses his fantasy because he forgot to check his depth chart. Even though I'm up 17 points, but, you know, Tom Brady. 
And I also forgot to start Patrick Mahomes, but look at it. I'm looking at my fantasy right now. Really? Antonio Brown, 24 points. Yeah, I'm losing it. I'm losing my fantasy again because I forgot to check my starting lineups. Yay, me. So, so yes, the Panthers win this game against Minnesota easily. And not easily, excuse me. Minnesota is two and a half points favorites, but I like Carolina's defense a whole lot. Going on to the next game, Houston versus the Indianapolis Colts. Both teams are one and four. We're going to see who is going to come out. I like, I like, I like the Colts' chance to win this game. Their quarterback is way better. Let's be real here. But what's going to help Houston win is going to be that run game. They have to run the ball better than what they're doing. They're, they are a better run team than than the statistics show. They have three running backs that can run the ball. They just don't use them. They don't use them at all. Statistically, as far as it comes to stats go, I mean, the Colts are far superior. 14th in total yards. Houston is only 30th. Passing yards, they're 14th. Houston's 28th. Rushing yards, 28th for Houston. Their Colts are ranked 13th. I, I, I don't see the Texans winning this game. I got the Texans losing this game. I got the Colts winning. And so does Vegas as they are 10-point favorites. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Next, we got the Rams. The Rams and the Giants. Rams and Giants playing. Let's let's be real here. It's, it's going to be the Rams. Matthew Stafford's going to throw all over that team. There's no doubt in my mind. You're talking about the second best passing offense going against these 22nd pass defense. Yeah, I got the Rams winning this game easily. Chargers and Ravens. This is a test for the Chargers again. This is also a test for the Ravens because what can the Ravens do? I like both of these teams. The Chargers can match with the Ravens toe-to-toe. Both are division leaders. Both of them are 4-1. This game is easily game of the week for me. This is better than the Sunday night game, which is Pittsburgh and Seattle. This is better than the Monday night game between Tennessee and Buffalo. This is game of the week right here. And I got the Chargers winning because I don't like the Baltimore Ravens. I'm being a little biased here. Don't care. Next, we got the Packers and Chicago Bears. Packers win easily. Next, Denver Raiders. Denver wins. Raiders is messed up. Their their organization is messed up. Their, Their locker room is messed up. It's all messed up. It's all bad. There is no no confidence boost. There is no there is nothing there. It's a completely depleted team, completely depleted team, and therefore I have the Denver Broncos winning this game. They should bounce back out their two game skit as well. Dallas and New England. Dallas is traveling to New England. I have Dallas winning this game. They they. they you talk about Dallas. I mean, Dallas just slings that ball around the field. They really do. I mean, there's a reason why they they're they're just that good. I mean, they're good. And the one thing that nobody is talking about is how good Dallas is running the football this year. And everybody talks about the receivers. They have excellent receivers. They can hit you anywhere, but they can also hit you on that run game. They definitely can hit you on that run game. They're second best. And rushing yards per game. They average 172.8 yards per game. They're only behind the Cleveland Browns. To me, nobody's talking about Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. To me, Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard is the second best running back tandem in the league. Not named, they're the best, not named Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They really are. 
and they're showing it game in and game out. They're showing it game in and game out. And when you have the second best run def- run offense going against the 15th ranked run defense, they're going to run that ball over all over the field. Dallas wins that game, I believe, in my opinion. Still is going to beat Seattle. Is Seattle with Geno Smith. You're really going to see how bad Seattle is without without Russell Wilson, I think. They're not that good without Russell Wilson, so I, I got Seattle beating uh, – not beating. I have Seattle losing against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. And then Buffalo and Tennessee, hopefully we get the Manning simulcast back. I believe it's been two weeks that we have not seen any Manning simulcast. They need to bring it back, bring it back fast, because whoever decided to approve of that deserves a raise. And Buffalo wins this because Buffalo is the best team in the NFL. Yes, they are better than the 5-0 Arizona Cardinals, in my opinion. They have the best defense. They have, the, they have one of the best offenses. There's no doubt about it. They have the best defense. I'm going to prove it. First in total yards, second in passing yards allowed per game, third in rushing yards allowed per game, first in points per game against them, and they are the fifth best as far as stopping people on third down. Yes, Buffalo the best team. They will beat Cincinnati, and they will stop King Henry, and no doubt in my mind. That is week six preview, and that is also technically it is real. Again, I am your host, Tyro Jackson. I want to thank you all for listening because it is a honor it is a pleasure to do this show week in and week out i am going to close out this show with the scenic route drama queen and that that's a long song so yes i'm I'm closing this out with a long song and i want to thank you all for listening again this is technically it is real and it has been real you guys have a great week we will see you next week